You're listening to the Grim Tidings Podcast, your podcast for all things grimdark. I'm your host, writer, blogger, and E.L. James fanboy, Rob Matheny. And I am red wine enthusiast, Philip Overby. Red, red wine, make me feel so fine, keep me dancing all the time. <laughs> I'm dancing right now, man. Please stop. Okay. Please stop. Thank you. So here we are back for another episode. I'll tell you what, we have had a shitload of guests wonderful guests on the program uh, but it seems like every week we we bring somebody new on the show but we are finally back with just a regular plain old ass episode with me me and philip here to host the program so we're back we are going to discuss the bloody blog of the week uh this week's blog was posted by mr prince of thorns himself uh mark lawrence posted a uh, pretty cool blog where he uh, interviewed six different fantasy authors on their thoughts uh, and the question that he posed to them was, has Grimdark hit its peak? Have we reached optimal grit? We're going to discuss the author's comments. We'll share our comments and let you know what we think about uh, Grimdark and if it has indeed hit its peak. So uh, plenty to discuss there. Uh, we've got a few news items to cover, and then we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Philip's book, The Unicorn Eater. It's got a special limited time discount so we'll touch on that too um as well but we're glad to be back here just to do a plain uh, plain old show of just me and philip um waxing eloquent on all things grimdark so it should be fun and exciting yeah I'm, uh, i like how you call it a plain old ass episode <laughs> <laughs> just me and you plain old ass we're just keeping it simple up. tonight no guests just you and i together again Again. Again. So, news items of the week. First one is Peter Newman. We had him on the show uh, just a few weeks ago. We were discussing his book, The Vagrant. That was a wonderful conversation, but he had some news that he could not discuss with us, that he would not disclose during our interview. He actually threatened to, to kill us with a spork if, if he were to divulge the information. But since then, he has a, a released... Uh, what his new project is, and it's pretty cool. Um, he actually landed a gig um, writing for Albion Online, which is an online MMO. It's a fantasy MMO, multi-massive, massive multiplayer online, whatever that MMO stands for. <laughs> but it's a game coming out in early 2016, and what Peter Newman is going to do is he's going to provide backstory. He's going to fill out the world, history, motivation for the various groups, and put names on faces to key characters, etc. And he's also going to write a tie-in novel as well. So a new novel coming your way from Peter Newman. Uh, it's a tie-in for this uh, brand new game coming your way in 2016, Albion Online. Features things like demons, donkeys, no character classes, farming, which is always fun, customizable housing, and cross-platform play. Um, you can actually sign up now for um, being a founder, and you can sign up to be a beta tester as well. Um, be sure to check out the website. It is an MMO, so if you're a Warcraft fan, um, this may be something that you'll enjoy. There's mounts. It's going to be available on Windows, Macs, Linux, iOS, and Android. So it's a pretty it's a pretty big deal. This is a this is a big game. So we are uh, overjoyed and ecstatic and excited for Peter to uh, take on this new endeavor. And he also says that he has more news coming up as well. So we'll keep an eye on him and and, and see what's going on. Uh, but very excited for Peter uh, for this new news that we could not discuss during the interview. Um, but we bring it to you today. So head over to the website. It's Albion on. Online. 
com. Check it out, sign up, and then best luck of Peter to this new endeavor. And we will definitely talk about that new book when it when it's available to the masses. Uh, are you an MMO player, Philip? Uh, is that something that you uh, indulge in? I used to play some stuff. I played um, EverQuest when it first came out, and I played uh, this one game that was really cool. I can't remember the name of it, but it was like a Korean RPG, and you, you could have like three characters at the same time that you could control, and you could use guns and shit like that. So that was pretty cool, but I, I never really got into Warcraft. You, you said something about demon donkeys. Was that demon comma donkeys yes demon demon donkeys pardon i was a bit i was a bit rushed on that yes demon comma donkeys he noted that specifically on his blog so uh, apparently it's very important but uh, he, he is a fan of demons and donkeys so i would want to play a demon donkey if that was available that was would be cool just wondering about that what would you name a demon donkey jack assalon <laughs> the great um aloysius I would name my demon donkey Aloysius Matheny. Uh But yeah, rock on, Peter. Uh, keep doing your thing, man. And that's that's pretty cool. I'm excited. And in other news, writer Ed Greenwood of Forgotten Realms fame has decided to go and start his own publishing group. Um, it's a pretty cool news. Um, he's launching an unconventional publishing group called the Ed Greenwood Group. That makes sense. Um, is going to focus on fantasy titles as well as games and art involving newly created fantasy worlds. The first book is coming out in Halloween. It's going to be set in a demon-filled urban fantasy world called Hellmaw. Uh, he's going to be working with other writers. He plans to publish novels in genres ranging from space opera to spy thriller to steampunk. They're going to produce games, jewelry, costumes, and other objects inspired by these fantasy settings. And he has already signed up more than 100 authors, 30 game designers, and 50 artisans getting involved. So that's, that's a pretty big deal. Um, and it's got a slightly different business model than, say, a, a major publisher. He's going to, instead of pay advances, um, he's going to share the profits. So basically royalties for all the artists and authors involved in the project. He's getting up there in years, but this is a really cool project to uh, endeavor to do. And he's got a ton of people involved. He's got plans spread out over the next 10 years um, involving more than a dozen distinct fantasy settings and 50 books published every year. He's already begun mapping out the stories so that authors and artists can jump in and start uh, producing at his behest. Uh, he said, I'm going to sleep very little, uh, but on the other hand, I'm going to be doing what I love. So congrats to uh, Ed Greenwood, Forgotten Realms fame. He's a longtime fantasy favorite for the fans. Uh, he also has an epic ass beard. Uh, not an ass beard, but an epic, <laughs> an epic beard. <laughs> it's, it is a mighty. I, <laughs> I have an epic ass beard. <laughs> it's braided. Quote, uh, <laughs> quote me on that. Philip Overby, I have an epic ass beard. Not epic ass beard, but epic ass beard. No, Ed, Ed Green one has a majestic, mighty beard. And uh, yeah, congrats to Ed. Lots of great stuff coming our way from the Greenwood Publishing Group. So that's very cool. And in other news, uh, an exciting contest is underway over at Grimdark Magazine. Uh, they're having what they call the Grimdark Magazine Battle Off. And uh, what it is, is they're asking for published authors to submit an up to 1,000 word excerpt from their published novel, be it indie published or pro published. What they're going to do is they're going to post the 1,000 word excerpt up on the website. And uh, what they're going to do is have the public vote on the ones that they like the best. And then the top seven 
voted stories will be judged by four judges that they have lined up. Uh, judges include Mr. Anthony Ryan, who we're going to have on the show uh, in a little bit. Uh, also, Richard Ford, Mr. Tim Markwitz from Ragnarok Publications, and Graham McNeil are going to judge the top seven voted entries and pick the top three. And then whoever wins um, is going to pick up some pretty awesome prizes. Uh, for example, the first prize winner will pick up a signed edition of Unfettered from Grimlock Press, um, a signed first edition of Joe Abercrombie's Half a War. Uh, they're going to pick up a Kindle Fire HD with all of Realmwalker Publishing Group's titles loaded onto it, a copy of Blaggard's Anthology, and a copy of Fubar, a collection of war stories by Weston Oaks, uh, editorial services, cover design, and a year subscription to Grimdark Magazine. That's all for the first prize winner, so it's a pretty lofty haul uh, for whoever submits the best battle scene. So it's a pretty cool little contest they have going on. If you're an author, head over to Grimdark Magazine, submit your entry. Um, and if you're just a reader, head over there as well. Uh, find out who's already signed up and then cast your vote for your favorite battle scene. And uh, best of luck to the contestants. Should be a pretty interesting contest. Uh, GrimdarkMagazine.com is the website if you wanted to swing over there and check it out. And that brings us then to our bloody blog of the week. Tell us about uh, this this week's bloody blog, Mr. Philip. Well, first of all, you have to say bloody blog of the week. That's our <laughs> jingle. It sounded like the guy from Switchblade. Bloody blog. <laughs> I like um, the way you talk. It's, um, it's entitled After Grimdark, and it's on uh, Mark Lawrence's blog. And most people are familiar with Mark Lawrence, and he's often associated with the grim dark term. And he had some other authors on to talk about the peak of grim dark, or if grim dark is now uh, over. And it seems people have been talking about grim dark being dead for uh, a while now, and it still keeps coming up. So either grim dark is dead, or it's a zombie that lives in the basement and crawls up out every couple of weeks to poke its head like an evil <laughs> dead or something. So the authors he talked to were R. Scott Baker, uh, Teresa Frohawk, uh, Joe Abercrombie, Karen Miller, Richard K. Morgan, and Cameron Hurley, in addition to uh, Mark's comments at the end. Uh, today we're only going to talk about the first three because there's a lot of information here, so... Today we're going to talk about R. Scott Baker's comments, Teresa Frohawk, and Joe Abercrombie. So first, um, R. Scott Baker is well known uh, for being one of the biggest practitioners of kind of dark uh, fantasy. And I don't think he talks about these topics as much as some of other people. But one thing he talks about is how he sees genres as being bags. So the reason genres exist is because it makes content easier to handle. So, you know, bags have handles on them and then it makes uh, it easier to carry around. So uh, one thing with Grimdark is that some people want to talk about dark subject matter in their books, but they may not know how to handle it correctly or they may they may be afraid to handle it. And one thing uh, Baker said was, Grimdark is a bag, one most easily filled by frightening and troubling things. It gives us a way to handle them. So it's true if you say something is horror, you know, you're setting an expectation for readers 
that some of the things may scare them. So Grimdark, in the same way, sets certain expectations that this particular story may ha- handle some upsetting themes or it may deal with questionable morality. So for me, like genres are a good way to set expectations. So if you if you use grimdark or steampunk or or epic fantasy, these all evoke certain images or certain styles or whatever. So it's interesting to think about genres as being a tool and not necessarily uh, something to clearly define completely. And I think that's one thing people are having have had trouble with is grimdark not being able to be clearly defined questioning what it is and what it's not these kind of things so that's sort of what baker talked about i do appreciate uh mark lawrence uh asking the question of these authors and and producing such a quality blog um it's definitely a a great read Um, but as far as the bags go there are there are certain expectations that come with the genres that we're interested in with horror, you know, that it's a bag of probably things that are going to scare you, probably things that are dark and um, uh, cerebral with epic fantasy. You're going to probably have a big story that takes a long time to tell with many, many characters. And then with Grimdark, you know, I'm trying to nail down exactly what's in that bag. People ask me, what is, what is Grimdark? And I usually have to give them a definition and what I usually define it as is um, you know anti-heroes, gray characters, morally ambiguous protagonists, bleak settings, gritty violence, probably some strong language. But I would like to see that continue to evolve, and I am looking forward to how Grimdark continues to carry on as the months and and years go by, and what what these authors will contribute to it, and how and just exactly where we're going to be, you know, five or ten years down the road. Um, it'll be interesting. I think one thing that that authors tend to be talking about Grimdark is that it's so nebulous still. Like, your definition of Grimdark may be different than another person's definition Mm -hmm. of it. For sure. Um, You, as a fan of Grimdark, uh, see all of those things that you just said as being positive, but then other people see Grimdark as the uh, wallowing and misery genre. So they don't they don't look at it from the point of view of it's got these different nuances to it. They look at it as, oh, that's the depressing fantasy. I don't want to read that. The, this this uh, concept of bags uh, comes with you know two different meanings. This is something we talked about before. Is I remember I was on a I was on a date sort of once, and I was really into horror at this time, and. Uh, I'd mentioned I liked horror films and immediately the girl was like, eh, <laughs> so, I, so I knew, okay, this isn't going to work out <laughs> right? <laughs> just because, you know, if someone's reaction to something I really like is Eve, we're probably not going to get along. I'm not saying it's inevitable, but that's one thing that you may notice when you mention grimdark, certain people's concept of it is, Ew. you know, that's the gross fantasy with all the blood and violence and nasty shit in it. But I think fans of it look at it differently. They don't look at it as the nasty, you know, nasty shit genre. They look at it as having the anti-heroes and the kind of darker setting. That's the kind of things they're looking for. They're not looking for negative qualities, but I think it goes both ways. The same with horror, you know, horror has good elements for fans and then it has negative elements for non-fans. So 
I've got two concerns too. Is why do we keep asking if Grimdark is dead? I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly where that comes from. Because it's a trend. I think that's. I think that's why. Because a lot of people see it as a trend and not as a genre. So I think that's why people keep saying, "Is it dead?" Because they see it as only a trend. They don't see it as a stable genre. And I think the trend has been perpetrated to a point by the success of Game of Thrones. And I yeah. think over the course of the last season with people getting severely pissed off after a, a number of episodes and the, the way that the uh, story has, has been told and being mad at its, some would say, extreme gratuity in, in certain themes that are represented on the show and people rage quitting Game of Thrones. You know, it's definitely perpetuated the, the darker side of fantasy um, in, in the context of pulp culture. So it's it's becoming very popular to for people to, to watch this this darker content. So um, yeah, I'm just concerned about why we keep asking the question, and then the the continued success of such dark dark fantasy. I think might eventually push the pendulum the other way to where we're yeah. we're, we're in this point where we really like the dark and gritty stuff, but eventually it, I think it may swing back to where we came from, which is the happy go lucky, no one takes a shit, wheel of time happiness and joy heroic fantasy stuff that doesn't really have the darker human elements that we enjoy in grimdark well i think uh that's something that karen miller talks about she she was the next the next author that made comments she talks about how people get exhausted with certain kinds of things after after a long time it's the same thing like if you say, if I remember when I was younger, uh, Barney was always on the TV and Barney was always singing, I love you, you love me. Nah, nah, nah. And it was ad nauseum. It was constant. And even if it was a positive message. It becomes fucking annoying. So, you know, after a while you start to go, okay, Barney, shut the fuck up. I don't care. <laughs> Quit telling me you love me, Barney. You sound and like you're some the, repressed rage you have to get out there. <laughs> I, I think it's the same thing with things on the other end of the spectrum with dark stuff. If if all you're kind of consuming is dark stuff, eventually you're going to you're going to get exhausted and say, "Okay, I really can't like my life sucks right now anyway or, you know, there's so much horrible shit in the world and and I'm and I'm watching this horrible shit on TV and I'm reading about horrible shit and it, it just becomes Oh, yeah, shit, I can, I can, yeah, big, a big uh, cornucopia of shit. <laughs> so, like, I think certain people, they've just become tired of the same kind of brutality. So the, the pendulum is already kind of shifting a little bit. But I don't think that means Grimdark is dead or it's going away. I just think it's going to be less popular than it has been. But I don't think it's up to publishers and writers if Grimdark dies. It's up to readers. Mm -hmm. So if readers want to read Grimdark, keep buying stuff that you identify as Grimdark. Yes. And publishers and writers will keep writing it. That's how it works. Sure, I mean, somebody may start a trend, but readers are what keep trends alive. They're what solidify genres. So if you want to keep Grimdark around, it's ultimately up to readers. It's not up to anyone else. Because if readers keep buying it, then publishers are going to keep producing it. They're not going to they're not going to produce ha nothing but happy happy fantasy stories if no one's buying them. Richard Morgan actually says about you know traditional fantasy sells by the the buttload. So it's not like traditional fantasy doesn't sell. It's just now there's more balance. 
And I think for some traditional fantasy people, they see Grimdark as sort of in their circle and like, we don't like you in our circle, so get out of our circle. We don't like dark shit, so go away. So maybe that's why, I don't know, maybe that's why it keeps getting brought up. Like, is Grimdark dead yet? Is it gone yet? <laughs> right. But there, there's always going to be dark fiction. There's always going to be writing that focuses on darker elements. It may, it may have a different name, but it's, it's going to continue. It's not going to go away. It may not become the cool thing, um, but it'll still be around. And it's up to readers to keep it around. Readers are going to be the deciders of, of Grimdark and its fate. And yes, if you love Grimdark, support your authors. Buy their books. Buy the hardcover when it comes out. Buy the, you know, buy the ebook. Leave reviews. Spread the word. You know, it's it's going to be up to you. And if you're a fan, you know, keep it going. One thing I often come back to when I tell people about, you know, why I like Grimdark is um, what illustration I use is, you know, the the light always shines brighter when it's when it's darkest. Um, and that's one thing I, I do enjoy about Grimdark. Yes, there are a lot of dark themes, um, which uh, Karen Miller hit on in her comments. There's a lot of dark themes, and we live in an awfully dark world. Um, with a lot of evil things going on all over the place, you know, when people are getting um, burned in cages and thrown off buildings and, and people are getting hurt in natural disasters and all sorts of terrible things we see it on the TV. And then it's hard to escape um, the natural evil of the world um, when you go and <laughs> try to read something like George R. R. Martin or Joe Abercrombie, you go from bleak to bleak. Um, so, you know, that can be trying to, um, as well. Um, but I, I do enjoy Grimdark because it is, there are those, those shimmers of hope and th the bright side of the human character. And I think it, that it stands out even brighter, um, in the midst of the dark settings that we, we view in Grimdark. Um, so I can see that living in an already dark world and telling dark stories can get kind of depressing. Uh, another thing that this is what Joe Abercrombie touched on, um, he asked about, you know, what is the future of Grimdark? He kind of also talks about the nebulous definition and how people define it whatever side of the fence they're on. So you're going to define it more positively, whereas someone who's the opponent of the idea would define it more negatively. So he said, if we're talking about purely what's crap, schlocky, over-the-top, and one-dimensional, then the future is never particularly bright, is it? Anything without nuance, range, or subtlety quickly becomes boring. But if we're talking more generally about what's gritty, what's tough, what's shocking, what's cynical, what's unheroic, I don't think that tendency is going anywhere. And that's something we, we kind of talked about. That's always going to be around. But I think what's happening for some people is that people are taking this grimdark concept and they're trying to out-grimdark each other. So, okay, you, you murdered 77 people in your story, so I'm going to murder 78 people, and I'm going to burn their corpses, and I'm going to scatter their ashes all over the city and mail it to their relatives or whatever. So it's like Hold people on, are I'm trying... notes for my next novel. One second. All right. All right. <laughs> So I think that's an element that I saw when I first started writing. When I first started writing, I write horror. And my goal with my horror fiction was, okay, let's see how much foul shit I can cram into this story and shock people. And that, that was how I wrote. But Abercrombie says if that's all that's there, then it, it becomes boring. So my challenge to writers 
is if you are writing grimdark and you claim yourself as a grimdark writer, then your focus maybe shouldn't be to out shock or out grim or whatever, mm-hmm. but it, it, sh- it should be to use elements of the writers that you admire and see what they did. What did they do that made you fall in love with grimdark? Was it just the blood and the grit and the chaos or was it something else? That's what you have to do as a writer to not be putting this as Peter Newman coined Ben Grimdark where you're trashy Grimdark because there's potential to make Grimdark legitimate. But I think it's already getting this reputation as being in some circles as being kind of schlocky or just over the top violence for the sake of violence. And that's not something you want to see. I personally have not read any grimdark that I would identify this way. So this this is always curious for me is that I, I keep hearing people say, oh, grimdark's just about kicking the shit out of small animals in outer space or whatever. But that's not, I have not seen that. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> why it's confusing for me. Like I've not seen that. So maybe I'm just not reading enough or, or I'm a slow ass reader anyway. So maybe I'm just really behind, but focus more on the characters and what makes them interesting and think of your favorite characters from grimdark fiction and why, why do you love those characters? Is it because they just slaughter people or is it because their morality is interesting to you or whatever, whatever the case may be. The best grimdark is not going to be the most dark, violent, brutal, ugly, sadistic fiction that you can write. That's not going to be the best quality of grimdark. The best grimdark. I think what Joe Abercrombie hit on with his comments is it's going to be fiction that, yes, has dark elements, but is still quality fiction that has those elements like nuance and range and subtlety to make quality grimdark. It's not going to be out grimdarking the other guy who's doing grimdark. It's going to be uh, writing quality fiction that, yes, utilizes these elements, uh, but does it with style and tact so the the bar continuously needs to be raised that if we're going to write grimdark it needs to be it needs to be high quality stuff is what's going to help the genre evolve in my humble opinion i mean i compare it to the advent of the slasher genre also the first the first big slasher films were halloween and friday the 13th well what came after that were they awesome films like halloween and friday the 13th No, it was a bunch of schlocky shit that was just, "Ah, you know, I'm going to cut his guts out and strangle him with him. And that's what it was. You know, a lot of the slasher stuff that came after that was badly acted. It had little if no tension, didn't have very many scares, Uh, oftentimes would be funny, unintentionally funny. So if slasher film directors are going to make a slasher, look at what John Carpenter did. What did he do right? Why do you love why do you love Halloween? Same thing should go with Grimdark. You know, what did you what did you love about Mark Lawrence's work? What did you love about uh, Joe Abercrombie's work? And think about more than just the blood and guts or whatever. Basically what I would like to see with Grimdark is for it to be legitimized. And I still think it's seen as this intruder in the fantasy genre that's not welcome in some capacity. So Uh, I think if you like dark fantasy or dark science fiction, you should keep reading it, keep buying it. And if you're a writer of it, I mean, I know I know writers are doing the best they can. um, But for some reason, this mentality exists out there in the ether of 
Grimdark is is going in a downward trajectory. So let's keep it alive, people. <laughs> it's almost like Grimdark is the awkward tween of fantasy fiction. Doesn't really know what it wants to be. Kind of awkward, kind of ugly, weird looking, probably a little smelly. But eventually it'll bloom into full well, to fullness. It's kind of like when emo became a thing. Like people said, well, they just look like goth. What's the difference? What's the difference between goth and emo? I'm like, well, emo is this and goth is this. <laughs> and it's like, well, it looks, it's the same. So maybe in some way, Grimdark is that same thing. It's a new name for something very similar to, to what has been seen in the past, but it's been given a title. So it's, it's more helpful for people to either find what they're looking for or to avoid it completely. I'm not sure why so many authors are reluctant to say, yes, I write Grimdark. I'm not sure where that apprehensiveness comes from. Perhaps it comes from not wanting to be a part of a quote-unquote fad, as some people might see Grimdark, which I, I don't think it's a fad. So, yeah, I'm not sure where that, where that comes from. Yeah, I think, I think there is that sort of feeling. I, I think people will gleefully claim themselves to be steampunk or, or urban fantasy or epic fantasy. But when you say, oh, do you, you write Grimdark? People are like, eh. <laughs> so yeah. it still has that uh, stigma attached to it. It's, it's kind of like the stigma that like if sometimes people say, oh, you're a self-published author. And some people don't like to be called self-published because there's a stigma attached to that. They want to be called indie or they want to be called something else. So maybe that's the deal with Grimdark is people don't want to be called that because it isn't legitimized in many people's eyes. So it's kind of like saying if you're in a metal band or something and you say, oh, yeah, we play goblin metal. People be like, what the fuck is goblin metal? (laughs) What the fuck is goblin metal? It's metal with like, you know, about about fucking goblins, man. So people be like, I don't know what the fuck goblin metal is. So if you say I'm a grimdark writer, some people don't know what the fuck grimdark is. So mm-hmm. that's the problem, I think, is it's still, like we've said before, it's this nebulous idea that people have all sorts of various definitions for. So And I think it kinda I think it just kinda has to stay that way because Unless one person steps forward who is the ultimate decider, like George Martin steps forward and says, yes, grimdark is a real genre. And then everybody can go, yay, I'm a grimdark writer. Right, if Papa George gives his blessing. Yeah, but as long as no one is publishers or big name writers aren't like, aren't legitimizing it, I think it, it makes some people be like, eh, I don't want to be called that because... A lot of people still don't know what it is. Maybe that's the case. So we want to know what you think, fair listener. Has Grimdark reached its gritty peak, or is the genre continuing to evolve and develop? Uh, let us know your thoughts um, as well. Check us out on Facebook. You know, Drop us a line and let us know what you think um, on, on the subject. And uh, we're going to continue to cover this article uh, on a future episode coming up. Uh, there's much more to discuss. We're going to highlight comments from the other authors involved. Cameron Hurley, Richard K. Morgan, Teresa Frohawk, and Mr. Mark Lawrence himself. So, yeah, we want to hear your thoughts. Uh, check us out at Facebook.com slash The Grim Tidings Podcast. Leave us a note. Let us know what you think. Has Grimdark reached its peak? Um, or is there many more grim stories to come? Be sure to share your thoughts with us. We're be, we'd be glad to hear them. And that takes us to... A longish short story by the one and only Philip Overby. 
the unicorn. Hey, that's me. <laughs> so you've got a you've got a deal going on, Philip. A little deal. I have a deal. Let me tell yeah. you all about it, fair listeners. <laughs> this is my marketing voice. No. Um, I have a deal. Uh, my short story, Splatter Elf short story, The Unicorn Eater, is now available for free on the Amazon.com. That is the Amazon.com. <laughs> you can check it out there and please give it a read. And it is free at the moment. And then I will also have a second Splatter Elf short story, River of Blades, which will be available starting July 31st. So this free promotion lasts until August 1st. So if you're listening, please get a copy. Tell all your friends about it, and I will be so happy. So that's great. You're releasing the second book then. River Blades is coming out uh, July 31st, you said? Yes. It's another short story. Right now I'm only releasing short stories um, with the plan to ultimately write a Splatter Elf novel and spread my dark wings of the abyss into the novel sphere. So for now, I'm uh, dabbling with short stories, and they're usually 99 cents, but right now, the unicorn eater is free. So scoop it, scoop it, scope it, love it. Yeah, check it out. It's at uh, Amazon.com. It is the unicorn eater. Free for, I don't know, a day or two here when we release the podcast, but after that, it's only 99 cents. So head over there, check it out. Philip Overby is the author, and it's a funny-ass story dark, funny, satirical, and uh, best of luck, Philip. Go kick some ass, my friend, with those with the Splatter Elf. That's a pretty cool deal that you've got going on over there, my friend. I mean, in some ways, Splatter Elf is my answer to Grimdark. So that's the way I'm evolving the idea of Grimdark is by trying something that has more comedic elements to it rather than focusing so much on the dark elements it has dark elements but it's supposed to be funny i don't know if it's funny or not well you've gotten some good reviews you got what 10 reviews on as of today and you're averaging about what a 4.5 rating so that's good people are reading it and enjoying it so so that that speaks uh to the quality of the story so cool yes thank you for allowing me this short promotional time period for the podcast absolutely i will send you the invoice it's on the way hurrah (laughs) huzzah so that brings Hi-la. us in. So check us out at facebook.com slash the Grim Tidings Podcast. That's facebook.com slash the Grim Tidings Podcast. We wanted to give a special shout out to the Grim Tidings fan of the week, Mr. Simon Elberger. He's a good fan. He's given us great feedback and he listens all the time and he's always involved in our community and saying hello and uh, and uh, he's very well read. And um, it's just great to have the support of listeners um, commenting, sharing the show. And our fan of the week is Mr. Simon. Simon, you rock, my friend. Devil horns raised up real high. We love you, man. Wish I could give you an uncomfortably long man hug right now, but I won't. You can find us on Twitter at GrimDarkFiction. Tweet us, retweet, quote tweet, reverse tweet, don't tweet. I like how quote tweet is a thing now. Yeah. I like that. So you should tweet. Show the love. But thanks so much for listening. We have many great guests coming up on the show, including Anthony Ryan, Cameron Hurley, R.A. Salvatore, Victor Milan of Dinosaur Lords fame is going to come on the show. Uh, we're going to have Dave DeBerg joining us from South Africa. So lots of great guests coming your way. It's going to be a cool summer. So uh, be sure to drop by our website, pop in, say hello, 
share the show, leave us a review, even if it's a one-star review or a five-star review. Either way, we like reviews. <laughs> Either way. <laughs> one-star, five-star. <laughs> but thanks so much for listening. Until next time, stay grim, stay dark, stay true. Philip, man, you have a good one, my friend. You too, man. Man. Man, have a good one, man. There's a lot of love in this podcast. Assbeard. The revenge of Assbeard. It sounds like a like like a Norse like a forgotten Norse god, Assbeard. <laughs> I am Assbeard. I am from Asgard. Assbeard from Asgard. That's wonderful. Gin 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 gin. Fuck you. <laughs> That's gonna be All fun right. to edit. Real fun to edit. <laughs> yeah.